Hi there, Glocal citizens. Welcome back to the podcast that inspires a borderless mindset around manifesting a new world. I am your host, Florence Adu, and this week we have part two of my conversation with Dr. Juanita Lewis. In part one of the conversation, we learned about Juanita's journey moving from the U.S. and around the U.S. to finally locating currently in Accra, Ghana, where she is the CEO and co-founder of nonprofit Crescendo Foods, Ghana's first shared commercial kitchen space and culinary hub based in Accra, she has over 10 years experience leading programs, strategic partnerships, and economic evaluation initiatives throughout the African continent. And previously, she was a senior economic program advisor in the U.S. Department of State's Office of Global Women's Issues. During her first stint living in Accra in 2018, she founded Young, Gifted, and Brown, LLC, a pipeline program supporting young Ghanaian women and entrepreneurs in STEM. In 2018, she was named by New America as one of 35 Black American national security and foreign policy next generation leaders. In 2019, Young Professionals in Foreign Policy named her the Gender Issues and Foreign Policy Fellow. A Food Science Fellowship Award endowment in her name was established in 2013 to provide fellowship funding for underrepresented graduate students in the Department of Food, Bioprocessing, and Nutrition Sciences at North Carolina State University. We're picking up a conversation where Dr. Juanita is telling us about what the physical space that is to become Crescendo Foods is like. Let's jump right in. So let me just kind of visualize what the space will look like, mm -hmm. right? So you have this facility, you have these grounds, so you have an actual commercial kitchen so people can actually produce their their items there. Do you have packaging mm. in, in part of the space? Like for those people who, like you mentioned, they want to import export, like so how, mm -hmm. how are those people potentially served? And then on the other side, in-house support. Yeah. So like your your team that will be there on call. Yeah, I mean, I've been very, we're a very small team for now. Mm -hmm. um, I, my culinary manager has a experience and background in tourism, I mean, in uh, hospitality. Mm -hmm. And she actually owns her own restaurant. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, we are taking it step by step because a lot of the time, if, if you're not, you remember, if these companies aren't taking on the burden of spending $20,000 on equipment, yeah. that means I have to take the burden. Yeah, exactly. And so we'll do that slowly but surely. <laughs> I mean, it's a three-bedroom house. Okay. The regular kitchen that you usually have yeah. is actually going to be a space that will have two stations Okay. and a workstation for okay. prep. Okay. Um, so there'll be a commercial kitchen, commercial stove, and then there's also going to be a uh, regular stove as okay. well. And then we'll have a baking kitchen, okay. which is they'll have the big machines, but also yeah. small because not everybody may want to yeah. do that. Yeah. And then uh, that will also have two stations that will be coming in 2023. Okay. And then we have a break room because sometimes people just want to be able to. So yeah. we're thinking about all the stages. Yeah. You know, some people just want to do a tasting. And so we would have a tasting room uh, and then we'll have a private office for someone to rent out. Sure. Um, and then, you know, eventually we will, you know, when we're, as I think about expansion, yes, all those things will probably be incorporated as mm -hmm. far as having a space where people can actually just do packaging. Okay. okay. What, and also thinking about the 
you have to think about the electric the electrical yes, current. Yes, that's that's part of what I was thinking. I'm like yeah. this thing, you know, just power, you know, water, it's, all of those things yeah. are like whole like you're a facilities manager too. So that's yeah. a real it's a real thing. Yeah. And you know, and it's and you have to have money, you know, you in order mm. to make you know, have money you gotta make money. Right. And so you know, even though we're a nonprofit, we'll have projects to be able to try to do this stuff as well. Okay. But also just taking it one day at a time. I mean, thankfully, the place, the facility that we're in, you know, there's a poly tank, right? So right. that's not my issue. Sure. My issue is probably going to be more so is water clean, right? Right. You know, something yeah. like that. Also, maybe thinking about the cooking gas. My next challenge is making sure our facility is going to be something that is producing clean food sure. and clean for the environment. I mean, clean yeah. when people probably think clean food, like, oh, are you doing something processed? No, I mean, like, clean yeah. cooking. Yeah. You know, yeah. thinking about yeah. stuff like that and being on a generator, that takes stuff out mm-hmm. of the, you know, that adds to the environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What can mm-hmm. we do to, of course, to make it, you know, useful and, and also to be able to be a protectant of the environment. Yeah. So those are yeah. all the things that I, I think about. See, and also too for our space is that a lot of people just do stuff in their house. Right. We may not have it, but you may have it. So bring it. Mm. So that's the mm-hmm, other mm-hmm, thing too. Mm-hmm, we tell mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. we're not providing ingredients. Right. Bring your own ingredients. Yes. You know, yeah. we, we, we tell people to bring their own ingredients, bring whatever little stuff sure. they may want to use. Yeah. And then just come, you yeah. know, and I think yeah. that's the biggest thing because yeah. You know, everybody doesn't. It's not going to like your stuff, and I think right. that's what I have to yeah. remind <laughs> myself. True. You know, because yeah. you know, sometimes my team's like, "Oh, are we going to have this?" And I was like, "No, no, no, we're going to have people bring that." And they're like, "Yeah." And some people prefer that. Most yeah. of the time, people prefer their pots and pans. Right. Yeah. You know, cause, exactly because it burns this way or moves mm-hmm. this way, or it's yeah. from my great grandmother from sure. fifteen, twice removed. You know, all types of yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, interesting. That's that's all very wonderful. So, speaking of all of this working in the people and working in, I want to ask you about Glocal Speak. So, this could be like very specific to the food space, something that is a word, phrase, or a saying that is a meaningful part of your local experience and how you came to value it as Glocal Speak. I would say it takes a village. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, it takes a village because when I think about, you know, yes, we're very, there's local people, but it's also a very global community. Mm-hmm. You realize you can't do things by yourself. Yes. And I think one of the things I appreciate here is that it's more communal as opposed mm-hmm. to in the U.S. is very individualistic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's something I've come to appreciate since being here, that it literally takes a village and especially being an entrepreneur. I, yeah. I can't do everything by myself, right. nor should I. Right. And yeah. um, learning how to be a better delegator. For yeah. Sure. I mean that that is the entrepreneur's bane of their existence is mm-hmm. figuring out what to what to what to outsource and what to keep for yourself, and then you know how not to micromanage if that be the case. And then there's always just the finding talent, you know, and whether or not you train it or you you grow it or you outsource it. Right. Exactly. So then that brings me to the question about your business model. So you are not for profit, mm-hmm. right? But you have a space that obviously people are going to need to pay to rent. So how did you envision or do you envision the business model unfolding and how did you come to this concept of a not-for-profit versus a for-profit facility? I thought about how much money I had in my pocket at the time. And, you know, Ghana is very uh, specific when it comes to business registration. Right. You know, I don't have Ghanaian ties here. So I get the national 
nationalism. I'm not a hater by any means. Mm -hmm, I get mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I also thought about, I mean, I always wanted to have both. I think for me, Crescendo is much bigger than just a shared commercial kitchen space. and call. I mean, we're really all a culinary hub. Yeah. Um, I was just having a conversation with somebody the other day <laughs> about another two businesses I want to start yeah. under this umbrella. And, you know, there'll be subsidiaries. Sure. I think at some point in time, we will... What I envision us to be is a social enterprise. Okay, yeah. And what does that look like business-wise is that we are going to be doing programs and connecting with youth, women, the whole nine, mm -hmm. and having trainings, and that's the nonprofit part of it. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, we have this kitchen space, but really, I mean, the good thing about having a kitchen space is even as a nonprofit is that it's me and a, a co-founder who helped me register the business. Mm -hmm. But everything we make will be going back into the business. Mm. It will actually be used to <laughs> yes. grow right. the facility. Right. Because the next thing is, we're going to outgrow this space sure. fairly quickly. Sure. And, yeah. you know, we, I mean, does it suck for investing-wise sometimes? Yeah, it does. But the thing is, you can change your business model. You can pivot at any point. Absolutely. I think that's what a lot of people forget is that the... Knowing when to pivot and when knowing when and knowing when to let go. Yes. And so I'm yes. sure there's gonna be a day where I'm like, Yeah, I'll be able to have enough money to do something else in this space. So mm -hmm. one thing that we will be launching next year under the Crescendo umbrella is a, a food symposium. Mm. You know, and actually talking about some of the things that we see across the continent. Yeah. You know, and so I for me it's we really will turn into a social enterprise and it's just not about Ghana, it's really yeah. just more so the continent as a whole. Sure. So that is, you know, my eyes are always on the next thing, mm -hmm. trying to get us to the next one, but not try to stay in the space where mm -hmm. I'm at. Because, and I'll say this, there's a lesson that you learn in every business that you do. Yeah. You yeah. know, so this is my first business that I've launched, that I've been fully focusing on. I've launched a business mm -hmm. in the past. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, because, you know, most of the time you have friends who are like, well, why don't you just start, you know, if you need to do fundraising, then you need to start making cookies. And then, because no one else is doing that in Ghana. And I'm like, but then what's going to happen when I get right. the money? Like, yeah. Somebody yeah. has to take so over that. Right, exactly. <laughs> then I got to pay those people. And I was just right. like, so it doesn't make sense. But yeah. yeah, we'll definitely be involving more into social enterprise and then also just connecting with people yeah. across the diaspora. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. And I I'm, I liked it what you said about the Pan-African concept because this food security challenge that we're dealing with now mm -hmm. is real. Mm -hmm. And so spaces like what you're developing and the information that you're looking to disseminate across the board is going to be not going to be it is critical to ensuring you know the food like you said food security food safety anti-poverty the hunger issues like there's so much wrapped into that that I think you're on the right track so yeah yeah and, it, and I think also too supporting local mm -hmm. a lot of the times people you know everybody wants to go to the next best thing they want to go to the mm -hmm. foreign spots and I get it mm -hmm. I mean even being someone who's American it's like oh there's an Italian place great but then, you know, I have all these cookbooks. I grew up in South New Jersey. That's like the yeah. Italian, like, go-to spot. Like right. You know, New York, New Jersey, you know, sure. Pennsylvania, Philadelphia for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I made a really amazing spaghetti dish last week from food and wine. Oh, and it was okay. very simple. And yeah. I found all the ingredients in Ghana. Yeah. You know, and I was like, oh, I don't really, I mean, 
you go because you probably you go to restaurants for the ambiance sure and i have to worry about cooking sure or cleanup which is always nice but for me i was like you know what i mean why can i not support someone who also looks like me mm. and what they're doing mm -hmm. right and then knowing that they're also getting they're also stepping their game up because a lot of people they kind of under undermine themselves when it comes to the value of their food because mm -hmm. they may not think mm -hmm. that folks are going to pay but if you educate mm -hmm. you know a community you'd be surprised what the outcomes would be yeah yeah and i think also too what's really important is like yes there's a pan-african you know concept too because this is a pan-african solution mm -hmm. i think the other thing is too is also knowing when to be in the front and also knowing when to be in the back yeah and i am very you know considerate and just also being thinking about how inclusive I want to be. Like my team happens to be women led, but women owned and women led. Sure. But it's also women, like Ghanaian women. Yeah. I have Ghanaian women who are my, I wouldn't even say my employees, they're more so my colleagues. And we have honest conversations. Um, we, you know, of course there's always a hierarchy, you know, as mm. we say in the African-American community, like I ain't your little friend, yeah. but you know, <laughs> but there's a respect as far as sure. what my decision is, obviously, or yeah. wouldn't, we wouldn't all be working together, but right. from the other perspective of, I respect where they're coming from as well, mm -hmm. you know, and I will ask them, Hey, this is what I think. What is your honest opinion? And I think a lot of times when we come into these spaces, we think we know everything. Mm. And I had the same mindset when I was at the embassy and I want everyone's voice to be heard and to be seen. Mm -hmm. And they'll say to me, you know, you know, Dr. Juanita, no, I don't, I don't think we should do this. Or have we thought about this? And could we do this? And I'm like, great. I'm glad that you thought, cause I have, I have blind spots. Right, yeah. And that makes, yeah. and I, so when we did the Jadena event, you know, everybody's like, oh, yeah, an amazing event, and da, da 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 And I was like, as a leader, I'm only as great as my team. Yes, yes. If my yes. team sucks, I suck. Yeah. Because that means I pick, I pick, I chose, I chose very, sure. I chose incorrectly. And so for me, you know, my team. I mean, when we did the Jadena event, it was so funny because. You know, they've been working with me remote, and they've been hearing me talk about a space. And, you know, here, people don't think you're legit unless you have a physical space. Right, that's true. And yeah. so the fact that I had a space, my one of my uh, colleagues, she's, she's much younger than me, and she was just so excited. And, you know, now knowing that, you know, we're going to be able to launch, and she's just like, oh. We're gonna have a physical space and she has like a little dance for it and everything and so you know and she's just like oh my god because she's like Juanita you you Dr. Juanita you've been talking about this for the last several months since yeah. the beginning of the year yeah. and you know you have to be very picky because mm. that's a lot of money that yeah. you're putting down yeah. so I'm, yeah. I'm thankful that as I go through these iterations of making this a, a, a really great organization making sure that I have people around me mm -hmm. that are supportive and we can support each other. Mm -hmm. But I think also the biggest thing is knowing when to let people go or being okay mm -hmm. when they want to move on. Sure. I say to my team sure. all the time, you know, you're not going to be with me for the next 15 years. Right. You might. Right, right, <laughs> right. That would be very, I mean, that's kind of stereotypical American as well. And yeah. I'm like, please move on. And I told yeah. them, like, if I see a fellowship that will help improve what you're doing here yeah. and just your overall livelihood like yeah. I'm a, you're going yeah 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 and they're like oh what yeah you're <laughs> going yeah. and you know I think a lot of why you're able to be in that position is because you've had good mentorship right mm -hmm. so you've had people around you that have been able to kind of give you that insight to know when to grow people when to move people and all those things so I really appreciate that all of what you're saying on the leadership side so let me ask you 
my mindset hack question because you kind of were hinting at, at that. So what is your favorite or an innovative mindset hack? So this is one that you know of, one that you practice, or one that you can imagine. Meditation. Meditation. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, yeah. I, my mindset, well, and I think also having I am affirmations. Okay. That helps. Okay. You know, and it reminds me of who I am. Okay. Keeps me grounded. Okay. Practicing yoga. Yes. Every day. Yes. When I don't do it for two days. You feel the difference. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I'm like, oh. And I felt it this past weekend. I taught yoga four, four three times back to back. And yeah, because I saw you Saturday. Yes. And yeah. I was struggling on Monday morning. Uh, I struggled. Su- no, I definitely struggled Sunday. Yeah. Definitely was out of it Monday. Yeah. Because I had to teach somebody on Monday. And I was supposed to teach somebody on Tuesday. And uh, so I think for me, also my mindset hack is... You don't know what else is going on in people's minds. Mm-hmm. And so I think for me is, you know, accepting people for where they are. That helps with my reset. Mm-hmm. Doing a daily devotional, daily meditation helps me to just get through mm-hmm. having that community. But I think the thing is, too, is that everything is figure outable. Mm-hmm. 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 And that's what that's really something I have to remember. Mm-hmm. Everything is figure out. Mm-hmm. That's my mindset. <laughs> For me, it's like everything is figure out. Yes. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. And, and wonderful introduction to yoga. Yeah. So let's talk about Juanita, the yogi. So t- tell us about that journey. So you started it kind of concurrently with your policy initiation. Before. Before. Okay. Um, okay. So, I mean, even just. You know, I mean, you go to other places, they're very heavily Christian. People freak out, right? They think mm. yoga, they're like, oh my God, you're double worshiping, mm. you know, you're chanting and all that. And I, mm-hmm. my dad's a Buddhist, so understanding meditation and chanting from that perspective in a more spiritual realm was very, was not, was very familiar to me. Sure. Um, I wanted to do Pilates. I actually wanted to do Pilates certification in grad school, and I was like, uh. I think after like I had like a really bad nervous breakdown when I was a more so emotional breakdown when I was in my PhD program because like my defense got canceled. I was just really upset. Oh. It was just like a lot, and I needed some type of outlet. I actually started running. Um, I was a distance runner. I used okay. to run half marathons. Okay. In 2000, and I started in 2006 and ran until 2014. Okay. And I would do. I did like seven marathons in like one year. I was like. Amazing wow. shape until I like moved to Minnesota and the lady was like, I don't even know how you ran for as long as you did because my gait was completely off. So were you? So you were? Was it damaging your body? Like um, what was? What was the? I would be sore for days. You know, mm, I would just be sore, mm-hmm. a lot more sore than I need to be. But yeah. I needed something to counterbalance before that all happened. When I started running longer distances, I needed to stretch. Yes. So I got introduced to you know I would do um, stretching on Comcast and they would have a stretch class. And I had a foam roller. And so they yeah. would, you know, have you foam yes. roll your IT band. And I did a yoga for runners class. And I was like, oh, I like this. Uh-huh. So then my dad, at the time, had prostate cancer. Oh. And I needed to, you know, I would pray in the morning, you know, praying for his healing. But also be worried about just my own well-being, the well-being of my mom, you mm-hmm, know, and all of mm-hmm, that. Because mm-hmm, we had mm-hmm. a lot of just health, like family health stuff going on at that time. And I would go to yoga and it would just help me get my mind off of things. And I said, as soon as I graduate from school and I get a decent paycheck, Mm -hmm. I'm going to start taking yoga classes on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When I moved Mm -hmm. to Minneapolis, I hadn't started. Oh, okay. 
but I had a sorority meeting. I'm a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, and a fellow, we say Sarah, if you look, you know, we're initiated in the South. Um, so I had a, a Sarah who had a 45th and a half birthday. It was like something random. And, and I have never heard of that. Neither have I, but she's like, I'm celebrating life. And yeah. um, she had a few of us go to a yoga studio. Okay. And she paid for, I was like, and I was, I just started working. Yeah. You know, some kind of figuring out payment schedules, sure. paying for rent that was way more expensive than it was in North Carolina. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, I got like, you know, like a couple dollars to be able to stretch. Sure. And the yoga class was paid for. Yep. She's like, no, you're just coming to class. And then she paid for dinner and we just had a good time. And I met the yoga owner. Uh-huh. It was literally one room in, uh, was it, I guess. I'm still considered Uptown Minneapolis. And I fell in love with the studio and just started practicing. And I oh, used to nice. go like four times a week. Okay. And I had told my, you know, and I ended up forming a relationship with the yoga owner. Yeah. She happens to be a white woman. And, you know, sometimes when you're in these spaces, you're like, okay, white women are going to white women. You know, uh, it's going to happen. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. to this day, she and I are actually very good friends. Nice. And Minnesotans are very particular. It doesn't okay. matter the color of their skin. They are very insular. And I think what's had helped me assimilate in Ghana is because I lived in Minneapolis. They're actually kind of really? similar. They're very communal. Okay. And they're okay. like, you won't hear from them for like weeks. And you're like, hey, how's it going? They're like, oh, yeah, my family. I just got caught up with family stuff. And you can be friends with them, but they will not invite you to their house. Mm. And then okay. that's a little bit different, obviously, from Ghanaians, but, sure. you know, obviously. But, you know, if you are invited to a Minnesotan's house, that's kind of like, you know, you're, you're in. You're in. Yeah. And I have very few friends who are from Minnesota, <laughs> you know, and it was yeah. hard for me to make a good friendship base there just because, mm. it's, you know, they mm -hmm. you're not from Minnesota. They had, you know, folks from Michigan, you know, you have yeah. people from Wisconsin. They had their own kind of cliques. Sure. And it was a very kind of cliquish thing. So huh. I built this relationship with the yoga instructor, well, yoga owner. She and I are still friends to this day. Nice. You know, I um, was talking to her this past week. And so... You know, we, and we don't talk as often, but I would talk to her about how I wanted to be a yoga instructor. And mm -hmm. I felt like it was, you know, there weren't that many black yoga instructors at the time. Mm -hmm. um, I think the mm -hmm. Faith Hunter was like the only well-known one then. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, I want to get into yoga. I want to maybe teach or at least just be more knowledgeable. And she's like, well, maybe like, think about doing a yoga thing in like Jamaica or Costa Rica, mm -hmm. you know, because mm -hmm. you go for like two weeks. Because yeah. most of the time these yoga programs, they're long. Yeah, and exactly. you don't have that kind of time. Right, no one has exactly. a month. Right, and exactly. so I would look it up, and then I end up missing the deadline, or something would come up for work, and it just sure. didn't happen. Yeah. And so she was like, "Oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it." And then I was thinking to myself, "Why is this chick trying to deter me from going to yoga teacher training?" Mm. And I just thought, like something I missed <laughs> and that was because they ended up launching their own oh and it was so, so she was much keeping it quiet yeah it's oh. so, and it was so much cheaper sure sure the amount of money I paid for my yoga training I got three certifications yeah. for the price of one most wow. of the time that's just vinyasa sure and I said you know I want to do something for my community communities of color yeah and she said all right okay yeah well, what do you what do you think you would 
be interested in and I got into yin yoga and restorative yeah. which I hated at first because it was the art of being still and yeah. I'm so used to m- moving people who know me they know I'm always moving, go- moving. Yeah. even as I'm getting older they're like you still are moving <laughs> and grooving and uh-huh. I started it I yeah. took the yoga teacher training and I finished in 2016 over the course of several months Okay. and you know I was the only black woman in that particular space yeah. at the time yeah. but I felt well there's another black guy he was there with us he would he was doing uh, one of the other trainings but I must say that those women it was a good time like I didn't feel like I was an other mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I had to mm-hmm. explain what this means in black culture you know mm-hmm. none of that mm-hmm. and it was such mm-hmm. a really really good group and it was a great time I'm so glad I did it was, I remember my dad was like well you're not working you're waiting for the state department you know that left my job at General Mills sure. and he's like well, why don't you just come home and just like stack your money but I was stacking my money li- living in my friend's basement because I got you know got rid of my apartment which right. is funny I did the same thing for when I moved to Ghana uh-huh. and saved uh-huh. my money and you know it was interesting because I said no I think I'm just gonna stay here and finish and finish out my certification yes. and I'm glad I did because since then I've had so many students from various walks of life, mm-hmm. and that's what I learned how to teach during my training. Mm-hmm. My teacher mm-hmm. my, at the time was pregnant with her first kid, and since then, I've had so many pregnant students. Ah, right, because right, because she you would tell us yes, in that space, right. right, and she would tell us real time, "Hey, this doesn't feel good on me." Yeah. You know, and, and I can actually say to her, like, you know, I had somebody who was pregnant in my class this past weekend, then they're six months, and they, she and I was asking her, like, but how did you feel sure, six just months? Starting, yeah. yeah, and yeah. she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, da 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 da, and this is what felt good ah. for me. And so it allows me to do that. And so I, I really, yeah, I loved it. And then as part of my training, I had to, everyone had to teach three, no, it was a certain amount of hours. Mm-hmm. You had to teach mm-hmm. a non at a nonprofit or like some organization. Community, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. community. So mm-hmm. I taught a group of Latina women uh-huh. in DC, and they loved it. You know, they're like, "This is the only time my kids aren't bothering me." Yeah, and uh, yeah, and so I, as a result of that, you, as a teacher, you end up sometimes teaching more than practicing. Yeah. So I stopped yes. teaching yeah. at some point in time. Yeah and said, you know, let me get back to practicing. So here in Ghana, I mean, I used to do workshops here. Actually, when I moved here in 2018, I only taught one time, mm-hmm. but I practiced. I would go to yoga three times a week. Because even in D.C., you know, yoga studios in D.C. are expensive. Are they? Yeah, they can be very expensive. Oh, wow. And I love Faith Hunter's studio. I ended up meeting her later, okay. you know, when she was there and then sure. we were talking and we had so much in common she went to an hbcu okay she's also a sorority sister and i was okay. like oh wow and the, and i loved her classes i loved the people in that space yeah. and yeah. that's what i wanted to see was diversity so when i got here you know i saw that bliss yoga mm-hmm. and i had a chance to have mm-hmm. a good relationship with the owner and now we are yeah. we have the same birthday so oh, wow. yeah so we did we know this that she's a birthday we just august you because not well you know not as been a guest obviously and she's also a friend of mine right so her birthday is maybe a week after mine she's the 16th we're yeah. the 16th yeah i'm the 10th oh i didn't know that mm-hmm. one of my best friends is on the 10th oh so yes yeah, so all this leo and fire yes, energy. <laughs> so yeah so i just it's it, it to me it just helps keeps me balanced yeah and so i try to practice Every day, even if it's just five minutes, I've been on this yoga sculpt journey. Is it an app or? No, it's on YouTube. Um, Ariana Elizabeth, she's a a, a black yogi in the U.S. My homegirl put me on to her. And it's 20 minutes. It's 
okay. the hardest 20 Concise. minutes of my life. And it's a yoga scope class. Yes. Okay. And it's not anything too crazy. Yeah. But you know, if you're not used to using weights. Right. So I'd have to say, and not to interrupt you, every I've taken that kind of class before mm-hmm. and it was challenging, really and challenging. I and I feel like I want to separate my yoga from my strength training in that way. Yeah, and so from what I same, I think mm-hmm. what I like about hers is that it's very much um, like when we start when she starts the recording, you come into child's pose, okay, and then you slowly rise, work your rise, rise okay. into it, and then it's like ten minutes of work. Okay. And then... That is manageable. Right. Yeah. And then it's only a 20-minute workout. Sure, that's manageable. And the manageable. last five minutes is cool down. Okay, so that is manageable. Yeah, so I'm yeah. like, I can do that. Yeah. Would I do a whole hour? Absolutely. Yeah, that's <clears> what <throat> I did once. I was like, mmm, yeah, you really, a lot. Yeah, you really yeah. start to hate yoga after yeah. that. And, I mean, I even decided to be brave this week. I did a 25-minute intermediate yoga class on YouTube uh-huh. with another yogi I follow, and it was no headstands, no hands. It was a stand, straight stand, like no downward dogs, sure. nothing. Sure, yeah. And it was fun, and then I did the sculpt class, and that okay. was a great way. Oh, uh, yeah, good tra- yeah, transition. Mm-hmm, great yeah. transition. Yeah. I mean, I also do strength training. I have a Peloton app, not the bike, just the app. Right. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I love it. And now, you know, when I got here in 2020, Nana and I were talking about yoga workshops and I said I would love to be able to teach or share my practice of mm-hmm. how I teach yoga which is more of the yin space sure and I wrote this manual nothing came into fruition at the time mm. it was a lockdown it was just a lot oh, going yes. on yes yes and yes. then we said you know we'll try it in 2022 sure and I hadn't taught forever so I did it. We had six people sign up. I would do. So I that would, was this last weekend. No, that was um, earlier. Well, I had it in February. Okay. Okay. Got and it. And the funny thing was, I usually do one workshop or two workshops a year through um, through Bliss Yoga's yoga teacher training to because mm-hmm. she wants to expose them to different types of yoga practices. Yeah. And now that's a great way of getting people to to sign up for this Your, training. Yeah. So I taught yeah. a class for the first time, and it was. You know, because people always ask me, when do you teach a class? I'm like, yeah, I'll teach. (laughs) And I joked with them last week and I said, you know, enjoy it now because you may not see me for the rest of the year. Right. But um, I, the the maximum amount of participants were 15. Okay. We had 15. Nice. And And probably people who wanted to come. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I mean, you know, and I also, I do take private, you know, in private classes. I have to tell like one-on-one clients. I have one now. Okay. You know, and and it's cool. You know, it's, it's cool to see, to help people on their journey. Sure. But also like, you know, if you're the practitioner, also having someone help you with your journey. This mm. one. So that's, mm-hmm. I think, the biggest thing people forget is mm-hmm. that, well, if you're the yogi, who is your yogi to you? Yeah, you know, so. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I am, a, I like to call myself a forever student of yoga yep. because I don't necessarily want to teach. Kind of like you, like I love my practice and I don't want to have to not have that practice mm-hmm. and so I just talk about it make sure I let people know that there's different and yin happens to be one of my favorite um or more, more most often practiced mm-hmm. yoga so yeah I love it people really underestimate yin I mean it'll make you it'll it'll, it'll take you to places that yeah. emotionally yeah that you wouldn't have thought about yeah um, because in vinyasa yes it's about strength we in, in a very capitalistic western way sure we think you have to be productive to yes. do yoga and that's not what yoga is at all N- at all at all and so i just feel blessed for bliss because i think my 
my practice definitely opened up when we went on the retreat to India. And so... Oh, you were on that trip. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so that's where, like, I came into a proper meditation practice. And so that's why I appreciate the yins. Like, I, I think I was exposed to a lot of different yoga before then, but I, that's when I started to appreciate the yin yogas and the Shivananda yogas, those that's yogas so, yeah. that are really geared towards the meditation. And so I agree with you that we do seem to be focused on the productive side, yeah. but, but there is so much more and so many more places that you go. Like, And so I think that's why I'm into more into the yin because it is more restorative. It's more healing to yes. the body. Yes. And I have, particularly as you age, you know, there's, and, and as a runner, you know, yeah. like that's, that's so. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely more of a walker now. Yeah, um, right? <laughs> Me too. Right. But I've I worked myself back into running because really? of doing like yin and, you know, just really the, the things that I was missing because I was I was building big strength but not small strength. Yeah, you know, and when you do like a bars class, like a Pilates mm-hmm. bar, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's so funny because people always assume like, oh, I need to go and do like 15,000 deadlifts. But yeah. when you do a bar class, it'll turn you into... Yeah a baby in no time really <laughs> yeah. in more pain than you yeah. or not, I would just say pain but more so soreness and it'll push your it'll yes. challenge you more than you would think yeah, yeah. Um, I don't run anymore I, I, I'm trying to get back into walking um, mm-hmm. I walk to Hacho Oh, okay. Which is a walk down the and back. Next, it's yeah. four, four miles yeah, yeah. <clears throat> coming from my house. That's a great walk. Yeah. And, and I mean, your area is great for that. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I'm, you know, we try to go at a certain time and go with a friend of mine. Yeah. I tried to run when, when I lived here in 2018 and it was very short-lived. I think maybe I lasted a month. Yeah. And I was in cantonments. You think, oh, it's cantonments. It's a little bit better. It's not easy. No, it's not. Yeah. And I'm like, I choose, let me choose life. And I also use uh, the Vibrams, which are the yeah. fly, the fly oh, okay. But okay. I don't do it on the street. I just take them to the gym if I go. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I really do, I really want to get back into, you know, having, I mean, I was in a really good routine and then I caught a cold this year, mm. like a couple weeks ago and it just kind of threw me off. But, mm. um. You know, I also want to try other things that will allow me to further be aware of my body. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, and you can find that in these little pockets in Accra. Sure. Um, and you won't be spending a lot of money. You know, I, sure. I did the Pilates studio for a little bit. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty cool. The one here? Uh, no, the one in uh, Laboni. Okay. Yeah. But, so it's the same comp- the same um, P4. Is it P4? Uh, no, this is okay. just the Pilates studio. Okay. Okay, that lady's from the UK. Okay. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I want to try other things just, just to see. I even thought about taking up soccer again. Mm. I was like, I haven't played soccer in years, <laughs> and I don't want to have It's a, all around you. You yeah, could find want, it. I don't want to have a heart attack either. But. Right. Or, you know, a random, someone kicks your ankle and you're, you know, off. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's the thing. It's yeah. like the more contact, the more potential challenges. But do what your heart desires, girl. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. exactly. And, you know, just yeah. literally take one day at a time. But I, yeah, I would love to actually hear, you know, offline about your trip to India. Yes. My mom did a trip to India. Okay. Many, many decades ago, ah, 40 years ago, I think. Oh, wow. I'm trying to get more so into, I've been dibbling and dabbling with Ayurveda. Because oh, yes. as a food yes. scientist, it's kind of natural. Yes, yes. And that's interesting. I, sh- I probably shouldn't have even asked that question because, yes, absolutely. That is definitely at the core of a new wellness and, and health, mm-hmm. I want to say, evolution that we should probably all be kind of thinking about because I think so much more about the natural 
mm-hmm. elements that are all the basis of Ayurveda and, and the natural that is you, right? right? So that is customized to you and right. it's very accessible ingredients and things of like that. Yeah, and I think also too for my dissertation work, everyone says, oh, okay, well you discovered that, you know, inf- inflammation is decreased in peanut skins. Well, not for everybody. For some people, it may cause an increase. For some mm. people, you mix it with something else, it can actually be really bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so I, mm-hmm. you know, it's for more so the individual self. Um, I would say I, for me, Ayurveda, I guess, you know, when you get when you go through yoga teacher training, you think about all the other yes. 15,000 yeah. trains you want to have. And yes, yeah. I'm certified in yin and restorative, but also certified in trauma-sensitive yoga. Mm. That was very important to me. Mm. And my next thing would be Ayurveda, which is like another God knows how many thousands of dollars. Yeah. But yeah. more yeah. so for my, not necessarily to make a you know charge people off of it sure. it's just more sure, so sure. for to, to have the, the toolkit yeah, yeah for my own self-awareness mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i tried to do ayurveda for like maybe uh three days you know and i was like i really do kind of want some fish like <laughs> <laughs> you know it's so i will i would recommend there's a there is a baby step way of doing it to some extent so i discover the kichiri fast okay. so at the change of every season i used to do raw fast but at the change of every season, I do a fast, a cleanse, something that kind of just takes the transitions into the next season. So for the fa- past several years, I've been doing a kachiri one. And so kachiri is basically a vegetable stew. And oh. so you eat that for seven days, or I do it for seven days. You know, sometimes it's 14 days. If you go to some retreats, it's like that was... So when we went to our retreat, there was a woman who was on that for the entire time, basically. Oh, so that okay. was that was her, tre- her prescribed treatment, right? And so... There is such a benefit, in it, and the reason it's the science of it, because the spices are part of what what is healing you. So I didn't. Whenever I'm on that cleanse, I don't crave fish, or I mean, I only eat fish, but I don't crave that. I'm just very kind of contented with. Okay, this is my meal. It's hearty, and yeah. So I'll put that in the show notes, folks, if you're at all interested. But yeah, I think that that's something I definitely think that you would love to be yeah. in that space and understand it. Yeah. So many like Arabic like books in my house um, <laughs> yeah. and it's just like, time. Yeah, yeah and well and I mean you know and sometimes I'm like you know what let me just go eat roasted pork oh no. pork and then well it's hard because you're well no I mean as far as the cleanse like, let oh, me just yeah. go eat that I'll be fine in two days <laughs> I just I realized my, my stomach is not as strong as I would like for right. and that's okay yeah. um, I went to the doctor yesterday okay. and he you know it said to me he was like you're healthier than a horse like you know wow. and the only thing okay. was you know I'm like anemic but it's something that you know can be yeah. easily taken care of sure. and so and it's so interesting because I was telling him I was like all I mean my parents are relatively healthy yes you know my mom had diabetes at one point she okay. lost a lot of weight and then she's and she's you know pre-diabetic mm-hmm. and my sister is the only person who's kind of has you know autoimmune things going on but you know, it's interesting because I definitely have a sweet tooth. But since I've been here, uh-huh. I would I get kind of worried because the amount of sugar I consume as far as from fruits and vegetables, mm. right? More so fruit. Yeah. Because I can eat a pineapple all day. Sure. And I know after a while, like, it's too much acid. Yeah. So I, I yeah. do it in doses. But I definitely love bananas. I've always been a banana person. Mm-hmm. You know, I love mango now. I think I like mango more so in Ghana than I did in the States. Sure. You know, and just figuring out what that looks like. And then... You know, just, of course, as we get into Ayurveda, you know, people know about their doshas. Yeah. And I like things warm, but mm. I also love ice cream. Like, I, I can eat mm. ice cream every day. Yeah. And uh, it's, so it's interesting. I miss it. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I can. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting because 
you know, even drinking tea. I've never been a coffee drinker. Mm -hmm. But weaning myself off of thinking, oh, I need sugar in my tea. I don't do anything with my tea. It's just I put it in there. I mean, I was drinking a turkey berry tea Mm -hmm. earlier. Oh, um, here? Um, no, I just brought some. Oh, okay. I bought some. It's turkey mm-hmm. berry mm-hmm. with turmeric. A friend mm-hmm. had suggested it to me. Sure. And you know, one of my friends said, "You don't want any sugar or drink? No, it's fine." So I, I know I can. I think also it's the discipline. Yes. You know, it's like I know I could probably do it. I've done one of those cleanses for like a week. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, I went to Egypt and I was going through like a really bad like heartache. Um, <laughs> and I had. I mean, they had Auntie Anne's. I couldn't resist. I had an Auntie oh, Anne's wow. for like years. And so I, I had it. But when I got back, I was like, I need a cleanse. So I did um, a cleanse here, one of the juicing companies. And I did it for three to maybe three or four days. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I now discovered I like tiger nut milk when it's mm-hmm. sweetened with dates. I've never had mm-hmm. tiger nut milk. Mm-hmm. I had, you know, I always do green smoothies anyway mm-hmm. or something with, you know, I, don't, I still don't like watermelon. I've never been a watermelon person. Mm. But I felt so good after mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's like that. And that was the transition that I I was transitioning yeah. from letting something go and right. moving on to something, you know, into sure. like this new birth type of thing. Yeah. And, uh, I was just like, yeah, I need to do that. And I enjoyed it. I mean, there was definitely some juices that I was not a fan of, but I am trying to get back into even drinking hot water with lemon in the morning, yep. you yep. know, or mm-hmm. ending that with my, as a, as a nightcap. Yep. I did that yesterday. Yep. And yeah, you feel so much better. Because as yeah. we get older, like you said, it's about health means wealth. Exactly. 100%. Okay. So we started talking a little bit more about you that's not the food scientist and that's not the yogi. So I like to round out the conversation with who is Juanita when she's not a yogi, when she's not a food scientist. You kind of alluded to a little bit of that. But I, I like to ask specifically, are you a reader, are you a watcher, or are you a listener? And what are some of your favorite reads, watches, or listens? Hmm. Probably a reader and a listener. Okay. A little bit of a watcher. (laughs) Reading, currently I'm reading, I picked up a book at the Peja Festival. Okay, yeah. Terminal Romance. It's about like online dating. This lady who is doing 365 like online dates and she's writing this I think it's a fictional book sure 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 but that's the concept yeah it's Uh like she writes this like how to find love online I'm like oh this is interesting and this is like way before Tinder and Bumble oh so this is this is match.com days like yeah or yeah chat room this is like chat room days and forum oh really wow and so I was like wow and it may be like plenty of fish I would probably say maybe plenty of fish days okay I assume no plenty of fish is now like the early ones? Yeah, the early ones. Yeah. I'm talking like 2012, 2013. Oh, it's, oh, so that's for her. So in my former life, I was, <laughs> as I mentioned, I polypromotional, I did economic development. And so I was focused on the tech sector. And I was around when Match started. And that was 1999. Match and Nerve were like, I they were launched then. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, I know plenty of people who've met their husbands last 10 years, you know, on Heart E Harmony. Yeah. Yeah. Com. It's always yeah. interesting. Yeah. But um, yeah. I'm reading that. And then I'm also reading Jennifer McCombie's The First Woman. Oh, She's Ugandan. Yeah. Yeah. I just bought it. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've yeah. read two of her other books. Okay. And listening. Oh, yeah. I listen to podcasts. Um, I listen to the J.L podcast which is jill scott she has ah, a podcast with, L. okay uh-huh. with asia asia 
Gransler from Kendrick, the Family Soul. Oh, okay. okay. The, 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 the wife, group, yeah. the uh -huh. wife, and uh -huh. then the heir, Sinclair. Sinclair, she's in entertainment, mm -hmm. and they talk about different things. They have like an episode of like Fibroids, one about like Auntie oh, Summers, you know, so different Auntie things. Summers, yes, okay. And then of That's course, BBC's Africa Daily, okay, where they talk about one issue for fifteen minutes. Uh -huh. um, I tried to get back into listening to French a little bit. I was just thinking <laughs> to myself, I was like, oh, I need to start listening to RFP Savoir again. Yeah. So yeah. you know, RFP. So, <laughs> yeah, so um, I wanted to do that. And then also listening to, I mean, Spotify. Okay. Listening to music, mostly R&B, Afrobeats. I have my ratchet moment. <laughs> I have a playlist for HBCU Homecomings that I made a couple years ago. So I was like, I feel a little little John and the East Side Boys today. You know? <laughs> so I was listening to that. Um, okay. Also into jazz and classical music obviously okay and then watching Abbott Elementary I need okay. to catch up I watch Atlanta yeah I need to list, watch uh, from scratch everybody and their mom has been talking about it and how it's like a tearjerker which uh, was with this show called from scratch, from scratch. it's oh. on Netflix it's the new Zoe Zaldona Zaldana oh okay it's just, like limited series okay. I'm not a big binge watcher yeah I mean I like more comedies mm. sometimes rom-coms it just depends on the mood I'm in or like documentaries but I definitely Definitely am a reader, definitely mm -hmm. am a listener. I have to put myself on book banning stuff, book banning, you know, policies for myself. So you don't buy up a lot yeah. of books. Yeah. And it'll just be sitting in my house, but I love it. And yeah. I have so many books in the States that I haven't had shipped over Oh, yet. right, all right. Well, this that's a decision to make. Do you I mean, bring the weight or like, where's the library stay? That's a, you know, that's the dilemma that is now with having Kindles because I started not buying so many books mm. like I bought more books here mm -hmm. than, than in the US mm. just because of the space and the travel because yeah. I basically try to keep everything on a digital file nowadays you know I try to, I mean I have an iPad mm -hmm. and I, it just I just don't want to stare at anything for a long period of time because mm. I'm already staring at my computer yeah. so that's more so my yeah. issue but I don't know it's just something about the smell touch, of a book of yeah a and I yeah. volunteered at the library when I was in yeah. high school I mean I understand totally I love so it's a dilemma we all got to figure it out somehow yes. and we will yes Juanita, this has been so wonderful Thank chatting you with you. Me. So um, before we say adieu <laughs> for for today, do you have any last thoughts that you'd like to share with our audience? I always say grow where you're planted. That's mm. always something that I think is important because life takes us to many different things and try to do where you, what you can with where you're at. Mm -hmm. You can also find me on Instagram. Yes. I actually made my profile public, which kills me slowly. <laughs> um, and of course, you can always follow Crescendo Foods Ghana on Instagram, okay. Twitter, Facebook, the whole nine. And you know, you can also follow my yoga journey through Masters Removed, which is my kind of like little yoga company. Wonderful. Yeah. So all of that will be in the show notes, folks. So you can click and visit with Dr. Juanita. Wow. I love this conversation. So, folks, this has been another episode of the podcast. You can catch us Tuesdays at GlocalCitizensPod.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember to share, like, subscribe, leave us a review. It helps people find good content online. And we have good content. So let someone know. Until next time, bye for now.